0: Good morning, everyone. I hope you have a hot cup of coffee at the ready because it is cold out. And because this is the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. First off, hi, hello. I'm Ryan Wolt, and I've been hosting this show for three seasons. The podcast is currently on hiatus for the holiday, while we gear up for season four, which is coming in early 2022. But I didn't want to leave you without some great coffee content. I'll be checking in with you each week with some updates, some coffee news, and short interviews from the road, because I've noticed a lot of new listeners coming aboard in our most recent season. I'm going to be re-airing some of the classic Coffee Smarter Coffee Education shorts from the first few seasons. To be honest, I'm also going back to listen, because we've covered a lot of information. And frankly, I don't remember it all. It's been a long year and a half. Back at the beginning of this show, Season 1, we had just heard about this thing called the coronavirus. At the time, I was recording these shows on Google Meet video chats on my phone. I've come a long way since then. I am still recording in the closet, though. But it's been upgraded a little bit. If you want to go back and listen to all of those Roast West Coast Coffee Smarter and interview episodes from the beginning, you can do that on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, or head to roastwestcoast.com to stream the shows in their original form right from the newsletter. You can also subscribe there for free or choose to pay for a monthly or annual subscription. It's more like a tip that I can use to keep creating this content. And I can't thank those who've done that already enough and thank you for considering it. I appreciate all of the listeners, readers, and subscribers who are helping to uplift the coffee community. For this first Classics reissue, I'm going to share Season 1, Weeks 2, and 3 Coffee Smarter episodes. Chris O'Brien of Coffee Cycle and I talk about the importance of water, the ratio of water to coffee grounds, the temperature, and steeping time in our morning coffee brewing. Then don't go anywhere because we're going to roll right into the week 3 season 1 episode where we talk about flavors in coffee. Chris is going to walk us through some of the basics like the coffee flavor wheel, flavor profiles, and then we chat about drinking coffee with mindful intention. As always, Chris has all of the answers. If you've been listening and you're wanting to recommend a great coffee roastery or coffee professional from the West Coast that you think should be on this show in Season 4, please hit me up on Instagram, at Roast West Coast. The next season is going to be the biggest one yet, and I'd certainly appreciate the heads up of whose stories you want to learn more about. For now, double-check that coffee mug and make sure it is full, because it is time for the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast, Classics Edition. Chris, welcome back to Roast West Coast. I'm, I'm excited and shocked that you came back.
1: I, I am too, honestly. Uh, I'm a little shocked, but I just I just couldn't help myself. I, I had to. I had to help educate you about coffee. It, w- it was like a moral imperative.
0: I feel like you saw what a lost cause I was in the first one, and you thought, this will be the thing that gets me some like good karma points for the week.
1: Ryan, I've known you were a lost cause for a long time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> This week, I want to ask you three things about water, because water is, water is essential to everything, but especially to coffee. When we're brewing coffee in the morning, does the ratio of water to coffee beans matter? Does the length that the beans sit in that water matter? And is there a rule about how hot that water should be?
1: Well, this is a great set of questions, because as you pointed out, water is, is most of what we're drinking when we drink coffee. That being said, Drink water with your coffee too, because you do need to stay hydrated and coffee alone will not do it. But yes, water is the most important thing other than coffee that you're putting into the drink. So to answer your questions, the ratio of water to coffee beans, does it matter? Absolutely. There are organizations out there that do nothing but coffee. And the main one that we talk about in the coffee business is the Specialty Coffee Association. Specialty Coffee Association has a specific ratio of coffee to water that they say is ideal. That ratio is 16 to 1, 16 grams of water for every one gram of coffee beans. Most people at home probably aren't weighing their water or weighing their coffee. Maybe they are. That's great. People do it with tablespoons, teaspoons, cups, quarts, whatever it is, uh, the lines on your coffee maker. Um, but yes, basically. You don't have to be the SCA 16 to 1 perfect. I even prefer my coffee often at a 15 to 1 to a 16 to 1. But basically, find a ratio that you like and stick with it. As with anything, only change one variable at a time. So if you're changing your ratio, don't mess with your length of brewing time or temperature of water, which were the other two questions you asked me. So ratio, does it matter? Yes, Is there a perfect ideal ratio? SCA says yes, and it's 16 to 1. But really what matters most is, do you like it? If you do, stick to that ratio.
0: And I'll say, I'll just jump in and say that when you talk about most people maybe not measuring at home, I never measured at home until I learned that. I bought like a $10 kitchen scale off of Amazon, which I kind of felt guilty about because I'd rather go to the local hardware store, but we're in a pandemic. So I ordered it and I measured basically once and just made some little marks on like all my different, on my French press and on my thing. And so now I just dump it into that so i know what i'm doing
1: i love it That sounds great yeah i would i would eyeball it back uh, before i owned a scale i'd look at the level usually french press was what i used to use and i'd say okay if i fill it up the depth of my thumb knuckle you know and then fill it up to the top you know and that was that was how i did it back then but uh but yeah you just find some way to be consistent about it and that's your ratio
0: okay so we still have the length of brewing and the temperature to talk about
1: exactly so the length of brewing doesn't matter yes it does Ryan, you like to belittle your own coffee knowledge, but obviously you you set me up some good questions here. So the length of brewing matters. It will change a bit depending on your brewing method and how much you're brewing. So if you're brewing two gallons for your local church gathering, or if you're at a shop and you're brewing a gallon and a half, or if you're brewing just a cup for yourself, those might change a little bit. But generally... You want to simplify it you always want to be brewing somewhere between three and six minutes that's pretty good up to like a gallon or so so three to six minutes so a french press you're doing like four to six minutes um if you have one of those little pour over things like you know the melita cone that your grandma had or the hario v60 or chemex that your hipster friend has down the hallway that's going to be three to four minutes maybe five but yeah three to six minutes is a great brewing time It does relate to how fine you grind the coffee, how small the pieces of particles of coffee are. But it's nice to simplify it and just say, hey, three to six minutes, find the time that you like best for the thing that you do consistently every day. Find that time and stick with it. And again, only mess with one variable at a time.
0: And can I assume that leaving it in for longer on the six minute side, it's gonna, how does that affect the flavor versus shorter?
1: No, that's great. When you brew it for too short, it can often taste sour or metallic um, when you brew it for too long. It tastes. Usually, people describe it as tasting too bitter. It's a funny thing to say because all coffee tastes bitter, but there's good bitter, right? Like dark chocolate is bitter, but we like dark chocolate. I mean, maybe you're more of a milk chocolate guy. I'm not here to judge. Bitter is not uh, not necessarily a bad flavor, but there are there are flavors that come out that people tend to describe as bitter. When you brew it for too long, if you brew it at seven minutes or eight minutes, um, a lot of those flavors are better described as astringent, um, which can be like drying in your mouth, like tannic, like a really tannic wine or just kind of mouth puckery, not, not sour. But you know, there's there's a bunch of ways the coffee can taste bad. <laughs> if you've ever gotten that diner coffee, you, you probably have experimented with some of them. But yeah, if you want to make the best cup of coffee possible, you just stick to that three to six minutes. You go too far. It tastes rubbery, bitter, astringent, asphalty, however you want to describe it. If you do too short a time, less than three minutes, it might taste sour. It might taste salty. It might might taste metallic.
0: Got it. Okay. So last thing was temperature.
1: Temperature. All right. Temperature is one of my favorites because, you know, coffee science has kind of changed a little bit in the last decade or two. Um, We started using tools in the coffee industry that other industries have had access to that we didn't have access to. Um, But again, just to simplify it down and not get too into it, as you know, that I am prone to do. Temperature, there's a minimum temperature that we like for brewing coffee. It's 195 degrees. Some people will tell you that you don't want to go over 204 or over 208. I say, screw that. Anywhere from 195 to 212 is going to be just fine. All right. The only complication that you get from temperature is people talk about cold brew. Well, I want to brew cold brew in my refrigerator or on my countertop. And that's great if you want to do it in your refrigerator or on your countertop, you're going to need a lot more time. So I said three to six minutes. If you're doing it with cold water, that ain't going to cut it. Uh, You're going to want 12 to 24 hours. So yeah, you want to stick to that 195 to 212 if you're brewing anything hot. And if you're trying to do some sort of cold brew method, then you're going to want 12 to 24 hours because the water temperature isn't hot enough to to get everything in the that short amount of time. You need a lot more time.
0: Well, I think uh, that's going to take us right up to the limit for today. Chris, thank you again for joining me. Thank you for coming back. And I look forward to chatting you chatting with you again next week.
1: Oh, it's always a treat, Ryan. I'm always so happy to share this coffee, coffee knowledge with you and talk about coffee. And heck, I'm even drinking coffee right now. Talk to you soon, bud. <laughs>
0: All right, Chris, welcome back to the Roast West Coast Coffee Smarter. What did I call this show? I can't even remember. Coffee Smarter on Roast West Coast. Welcome to week three. Uh, This week, I want to ask you about coffee flavors, in particular about the coffee flavor wheel and what it is and kind of what, what are some of the beginning flavors that new coffee drinkers might be able to pull out of their coffee that maybe they wouldn't expect. I don't know, something like blueberry, perhaps. Oh,
1: well... This is, uh, this is one of my favorite topics in coffee um, because people don't expect to taste things like blueberry in coffee if they haven't had it before. So great question. I, have you ever had a coffee that tastes like
0: blueberry, Ryan? I feel like I taste blueberry in every coffee at this point. <laughs> it's just like it's such an overwhelming, pervasive flavor that you just can't miss it, really.
1: All right. So this, this is a thing that you, know, you and I get that not everybody get. But for the listeners out there, what he's doing right now is called sarcasm. <laughs> so you've probably heard of it before. But anyway, this, this podcast isn't about sarcasm. It's about coffee flavors. And so you're probably wondering why we're talking about blueberry when we're talking about coffee. So coffee is, is pretty cool. It's not just this yummy drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's actually scientifically the most complex tasting beverage in the world. And it comes not just from these brown beans that you get. It actually comes from a fruit. Those brown beans that you get are actually roasted seeds that sit inside a cherry or a berry, as it sometimes is called, that grows on a, on a bush. So coffee is actually a fruit. When you drink coffee in the morning, you're, you're drinking the product of a berry. So it's not that unusual when you look at it that way to have tasted something like blueberry in a cup of coffee. So when I say that coffee is the most complex tasting beverage in the world, I believe the numbers are something like there are over 800 different compounds, chemical compounds, in a single cup of black coffee that the human palate can detect. So for comparison, a nice glass of wine, which you've you've heard people mention tasting notes on wine, oh, this tastes like cranberry and dark chocolate. A nice glass of wine actually has about 200 different compounds that the human palate can detect. So that's four times as many in a cup of coffee as is in a nice glass of wine. Given that, it shouldn't be too surprising to think that we can taste almost anything in a cup of coffee. Now, you might be sitting there listening to this podcast, for one thing, wondering why you're listening to it, because you have to listen to Ryan and I, but also wondering. Well, I've never tasted cranberry and dark chocolate in the bottle of wine I've had. It always just tastes like alcoholic grape juice. Well, there are people that are trained to determine these flavors and and pull them out and to determine what is the difference between the taste of raspberry and blueberry. And there are people that do that for wine, but there are also people that do that for coffee. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a professional to do that. We can actually, Ryan and I can actually train our palates to pick out maybe not quite that much, but we can pick out a little bit of some of those flavors that those professional tasters can pull out. So there's over 800 different compounds in there. We know it's a nice complex coffee. We know that it comes from a fruit. So one of the flavors that you can look for in your cup of coffee is fruit. And it doesn't have to be a specific fruit like blueberry or apple or orange. You can just look for, does it taste fruity at all? And fruit taste all comes from organic acids. So organic acids like citric acid or acetic acid, which is just vinegar. If you take citric acid and you taste it, it tastes sour and citrusy. If You take citric acid and you mix it with sugar and you taste it, it tastes juicy like an orange. You can actually train your palate to pick out these different compounds like citric acid and identify them specifically and say, okay this coffee has a tasting note of lemon and this coffee has a tasting note of orange and maybe the difference is is that one has a tiny little bit more sugar in it that makes me taste orange instead of lemon because sugar is another naturally occurring compound in the coffee that you should be able or you can train yourself to be able to detect ryan you asked me about the coffee flavor wheel the coffee flavor wheel is it's a visual representation of all the different flavors that are most commonly identified in coffee when we taste them. And it breaks it down into categories. So you'll have one category that says fruit, and then it'll have subcategories that say tropical fruit, berries, apple slash pear, and such and so on. And then it'll have specific fruits inside those categories. So What are some common flavors that new coffee drinkers can taste in their coffee? Well, fruit might be a little bit out there. Even though it comes from fruit and it's a pretty distinct and weird taste, it still might be a little bit out there for you. One of the most common flavors that people taste in coffee is chocolate. On our last episode, we talked a little bit about bitterness in dark chocolate and the difference between milk chocolate and dark chocolate and how we don't judge if you're a milk chocolate eater or a dark chocolate eater. And and Ryan, I think you, you actually want to judge people on that.
0: I do judge people. There is only one type of chocolate, Chris, and it's dark chocolate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> For the purposes of tasting coffee, we can identify different kinds of chocolate in the coffee that we're drinking. So when you're next drinking your cup of coffee, maybe it's the grocery store bag that's, you know, the French roast and gross and disgustingly full of acrylamide and all kinds of other carcinogens. Maybe it's your local hipster's light roasted Ethiopia single origin from the slopes of Mount Kaon produced by villagers that make their own pottery. You know, whatever it is, there's probably going to be some tastes of chocolate in there. So think about it when you drink it and think about the last time you had milk chocolate and the last time you had dark chocolate and think, which does this taste like? Does it taste like milk chocolate? Does it taste like dark chocolate? Um, there are other kinds of chocolate it can taste like. It can taste like cocoa powder. It can taste like chocolate sauce. Uh, it can taste like raw chocolate, like cacao.
0: Sure, and it's. I would interject and just say that this this wheel is very elaborate. The first time I saw it, I just thought there's no way. And you you kind of touched on it, but whether it's citrus or chocolate, it it does. It's not as simple as just saying, well, it tastes like this other food. There's also Like the concept of flavors, whether it's savory or spicy or earthy, roasty, you know, those flavors that you're pulling out. And I think I'm being rude here and interrupting our expert. But what I would say is the thing that I learned from you really was when I'm drinking a cup of coffee and I'm interested, I'm not just drinking it on the go or something, is to actually pay attention to what flavors are in my mouth. And I was really shocked at how quickly I was able to start picking things out. And I may not have been able to identify them at the time. But by looking at the the flavor wheel, I might have I've gotten a better idea of it. And now it's become a little bit more of second nature. When I try a new coffee, I can I go, oh, well, this has got kind of an interesting, you know, earthy flavor to it. And then if I want to get, you know, nerdy, I'll look up your color wheel. And and maybe I'm wrong here, but I think really just drinking a cup of coffee and paying attention is so much different than just drinking a cup of coffee.
1: Absolutely. And it's it's cool to have tools like the flavor wheel to help us sort of figure out what we are paying attention to but yeah that's absolutely the number one step is to just pay attention to it and think about what you're tasting because you might not have ever thought that coffee tastes like chocolate before but it, it does it's actually scientific there's, there's there's so many of the same compounds that are present in chocolate are present in coffee and so yeah so there's a couple of flavors that you can kind of look for and look out for fruit is one chocolate is one And then the last one that I like to point out as like an early, like what do you start looking for is sweetness. Obviously coffee without sugar is not sweet, but there are trace amounts of sugars in cups of coffee. That's why it has caloric value, about five calories in a cup of coffee. And sometimes it'll taste sugary sweet. Other times it'll taste molasses sweet. Other times it'll taste like toffee or caramel. Again, just pay attention to what you're tasting And you're going to maybe be surprised by how quickly you can start pulling some stuff out. But, you know, if you're still having trouble, do it with a friend. Do it silently to yourself. Try to try to think about what you can taste in there. And then you might be surprised when you both compare notes or thoughts or whatever and uh, and say, oh, wow, we both got dark chocolate out of that instead of milk chocolate. Cool, maybe we're on to something, and uh, it can actually be kind of fun and it's it's sort of um it's a nice thing to do to sort of be more mindful about what you're what you're consuming
0: absolutely if you want to know why I get so angsty about blueberry and coffee, everyone you'll have to stop by coffee cycle and ask Chris and he can tell you the story behind it i'm not going to share it with you here today that's that's your homework for everyone is to go to coffee cycle and ask Chris <laughs> about blueberries. <laughs> And if I hear back that, you know, a hundred people showed up there and asked about blueberries, I will be a very happy person. (laughs) Thank you again for coming on Roast West Coast, uh, helping us get a little coffee smarter this week. Uh, Appreciate it. And I'll talk to you next week. Oh, as always,
1: it's a real treat, Ryan. And uh, I'm almost finished with my coffee, so it's about time for me to go anyway.
0: I've heard Chris talk about all this stuff before. I've heard him talk about it probably more than once, but it's a nice primer for me to go back and listen along with you because I am absolutely not a coffee expert. And even though I spend a lot of time thinking about, writing about, and talking about coffee, I don't live it every single day the way the coffee smarter experts and coffee pros on this show do. Thank you for checking in this week to brush up on your coffee knowledge. And thanks to Chris for letting me share this content in perpetuity. It's pretty amazing we've made it this far. In fact, I'm recording this in what has to be the biggest storm I can remember in a SoCal December, and we lost power about five hours ago. I'm hoping that it comes back on soon so I have time to log in and upload this Classics episode by the morning. Before I go today, I want to say thank you for the help I've received from my industry partners, including Café La Terre, Moster Coffee, Coffee Cycle, Marea Coffee, Leap Coffee, Zoombar Coffee and Tea, First Light Whiskey, Camp Coffee Company, and Cape Horn Coffee Importers. They've been a big support to this show, and I honestly don't know if I would have made it this far without their help. New Season 4 episodes will start dropping the first week of February 2022. Until then, head to RoastWestCoast.com to check out all of the other coffee content on the newsletter. This episode of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast is, was, has been written, produced, and recorded by me, Ryan Walt. I hope this show has found you happy, healthy, and with at least enough sanity to make it through the day. And please, always tip your baristas, and be sure to drink good coffee.